Roll for initiative. Nerdy adventurers, and welcome to Everyday Dungeon Master, a podcast for the everyday DM and the players who love them. My name is Heath, your host, and I'm joined today by guest DM Mike. Hello, everybody. And we got a great show for you, so stick around as we talk tips for the Everyday Dungeon Master, new and old, on today's show. Welcome to the show, Mike. It's it's been a journey. Yeah, it has. <laughs> and it's it's my fault, <laughs> but it has been a journey. Listen, hey, you know, we were talking for everyone all listening. Uh, me and Mike have been trying to get connected here for a few times, but we finally made it. We finally we're finally here. We're finally having the conversation, and I'm I'm stoked to uh, I'm stoked to be talking to you today. Well, I'm super grateful that after being the one, me being the one to ask if I could come on the show. And then, you know, making it so difficult on you. I'm super grateful that I'm even I even have a seat here today because uh, I'm just I've just been excited to talk to talk to you after ever since listening to the first episode and the many, many more I've listened to since. So I'm excited about it. Well, thank first off. Thanks for listening. I mean, I really appreciate it. Uh, it's it's a good listen every time. Well, I do I do my best. So, you know, I always went into this like, hey, if I, as long as I get enjoyment out of it, that's great. But if I'm if someone else gets enjoyment out of it, even better. So agreed. I love that. <laughs> well, just so everyone knows, I mean, as you might have guessed a little bit, it sounds a little bit different. A little intro has been changed up a little bit. Trying something new with the format of the show here at the very beginning. So icebreakers are going to be new. The intros are going to be new from here on out. So hope you like it. But if not, well, you know, it's fine. It's fun that you don't like it. I'll just I'll just continue on doing whatever I'm doing. That's just that's what I'm doing. So anyway, yeah. uh, so before the before the recording, I gathered a bunch of tidbits and factoids and random information about Mike. And so now I'm going to ask some icebreakers centered around some of your hobbies, the things you do for work. And uh, so so I got my first icebreaker here for you. So I know that you you are an actual play DM. Uh, for the podcast, yes. The Hired Swords. So tell me a little bit about that, like how it started, uh, all that kind of stuff. Well, you know, I uh, I started Dungeon Mastering in like 2018 after watching a bunch of Critical Role and being like, okay, that's the coolest seat at the table. I grew up with it not being, uh, al- not being allowed to even see what Dungeons and Dragons was. I grew up in the you know, Christian home during the satanic panic and all that stuff. So, yeah. So it wasn't even like, I never even approached the, the idea of playing as a youngster. And so as I got into it more growing as a grown man with kids and a wife and everything, I was like, I could do that. And so anyway, long story short, I, I, I dungeon master was dungeon master for a campaign that lasted about a year and a half. And we wrapped it up online during covid decided we're going to cut the short it's it was too difficult to get everybody online together to to do the thing the guys didn't like playing online so so i was looking for something to do to to play dungeons and dragons and my cousin who another little bit of backstory sorry my cousin his name right. is blaze he plays Kriggs galder on the hired swords and uh he a dwarven paladin i was in a podcast with him mm-hmm. 
from like 2009 to 2012, we did a podcast together. And I've been podcasting okay. since since then, like for over 10 years. And just doing different things, different projects, and some fairly successful, some not at all. And so, oh, yeah. so we he was like, we've talked over and over again about trying to find a way to kind of recreate that podcast. What can we do to get together? Because we just have so much fun going back and forth together in that, in that for, format. And so he said, you know what would be cool is, since you're a dungeon master now, we should do a, an actual play. And so he got a couple of friends of his, and I got a friend that is a friend of ours that goes, he goes way back for me and my cousin both, about 20 years back. And uh, they were all into it. So we said, let's try it out. We did a session zero, and we just laughed so hard and had so much fun. We recorded it thinking, hey, maybe someday it'll be fun for posterity to have a session zero recorded. And uh, yeah. and the, the Hired Swords was born. I, I'd already, we play, we're playing in the same game world as the initial world I created for my first campaign. Okay. Uh, it's just, it takes place about 120 years before the the campaign I did with those other guys. And so, yeah, it's it, it all started with Blaze being like, hey man, we need to do a podcast again. What would you do, say to an actual play? And I told him, I said, if I will d Dungeon Master, if you do all the production, because I don't have time to mess with production. I, yeah. I The prep is going to be enough, especially for an actual play podcast. It, the prep work is beyond what you do for just a table game now that I've done both. So yeah, so that's kind of how it started. And that was over two years ago and 83, 84 episodes ago, I think at this point and uh, still going. We're in the middle of season two and and trying to figure out what that mysterious force is that's moving its way from the north, you know. <laughs> I I love it. And I listened, I, I was able to tune into one of your episodes. I think it was episode 81 at the time. Um, mm -hmm. And I was like, this is such a fun group of players. I, that's what I love about actual play, right? When I, when I'm looking for an actual play podcast to listen to, you know, critical role is great. They have a lot of fun. They're funny, but I like, I, me personally, I like the more comedic, just like funny. Like you could tell, like, it's just a great group of people who love yeah. hanging out with each other and they make each other laugh. And so they make me laugh because I'm listening to it. Uh, and so I, your, your podcast is great. So I, I encourage everybody out there who listens to this podcast, uh, go check out an episode of the hired swords where, where, where should they start if yeah. they want to jump in? You know, um, we're in the middle of, like I said, we're 80 something episodes is a lot, but we did like a recap episode right before we started season two and okay. that'll set you up to start season two and, and it, it'll be a fun listen from there. And every episode's an hour or under almost, there's a couple that went a little over cause of combat, but we don't make four out. We don't have 84 hour episodes. Uh, we, we keep them at about an hour. And so that, that helps bite-sized chunks but uh oh, for sure yeah it's a lot of fun the guys are the 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 players make the show i mean i've just created this sandbox for them to play in and i just the best times are when i sit back and enjoy them role-playing because they're so hilarious so they're just so good i love when you have good players who are good at role play because then sometimes you get to as a dm right you just take a little bit of a back seat you get to listen yeah. and enjoy and you're like hey listen i don't care if we don't do half the things i prep for today because uh this is great like we're just having fun exactly or, or I don't care that you just decided to do something I wasn't ready for. Role play a little while while I figure out what's next. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's amazing. But yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I've been I've been toying around with the idea of starting an actual play myself. It's you know, there's cool. a dime a dozen out there. But honestly, at this sure. point, I think it's like I do with all my podcast projects. I just like to I like to do it. It's a fun medium. It's a it's a great time. And so I just like yeah. I don't care who listens. Really, I'm just like, yeah, hey, you know, listen. If I have fun with it, it's all that matters. So. Yeah, and I want to play every week. And if the consistency comes from the responsibility of making recording a show, then great. That means I get to play every week. You know. Yeah. So 
Absolutely. Awesome. Well, let's jump into our next uh, icebreaker here. So let's we're gonna dig in. We're digging a little deeper here, Mike. And so I don't think I've ever interviewed uh, a C level office executive before. <laughs> so yeah. well, you're a COO. Like, what is what's a life of a COO? I, I'm always just assuming that any like any chief executive is just like always busy and doesn't have time for anything, and their phone's just always on, and it's like midnight, and they're answering business calls. Is that true? Not quite. It's because it's a, it's a, I'm, I am the COO of a small local business that has multiple facets, right? Okay. So it's a health and wellness business. So we have chiropractic, we have nutrition, we have fitness. And so I'm, I'm in that world. And, and, uh, I, I trying to, my, as operations officer, my job is to make all those things work together yeah. to basically, you know, feed each other and and serve our community and, and help them be stronger, healthier, and happier, as we say. And so today I went home sick. I went to the office. I came home sick, uh, just said, you know what? I'm going to go home and work from home. And I got home and I worked as much as I would have if I was at the office. I answered all the phone calls. I did all the stuff. It's There's no real breaks. You know, through the weekend, the CEO will message me and say, hey, did this get done last week? And whatever. So it's pretty, it's not the same as like just going to a job, clocking out, and then you're done. There's yeah. skin in the game. Like you want, you want things to, to function a certain way. Uh, yeah. You know, cause either you believe in what you're doing or you have personal, you know, bonuses or, or uh, certain achievements involved in it. And so there's a lot, there's a lot to that, but uh, thankfully I'm not the COO of some large corporation that would be probably beyond my skill set and my uh, ADD capacity, but uh, <laughs> being able to do what I can do here is, is good. And it's a company I believe in and a, I've been a patient of that chiropractor who was the CEO for 15 years. So it was a great fit whenever they needed somebody. So that's awesome. Hey, it's, it's always important. I always say like, it's very important to, uh, to love what, you know, at least love what you do, or at least believe in the mission of what you do, like as a job, yeah. you know, not everyone can do the, the most, like the, the thing that they would pick to do. Right. But as long as you can at least get behind the mission of who you're working for, then you're you're on the right track to somewhere you know definitely it 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 doesn't feel like you know i'm serving the man you know like they're <laughs> trying to keep me down i don't feel that way and that's a that's a good thing it's it's a blessing to be to be in a place where you know that all sh- the the all ships rise in the tide and our and where we work so it's it's a really good thing no no yeah. competition everybody's working hard together so that's awesome. Well, moving into like uh, so the, another hobby that you mentioned that you're into is golfing. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, do you have any tips for me? I literally can't hit a ball. Like to say why I go to I mean, and I've never been on like a golf course. I've only gone to like yeah. Top Golf and places yeah. like that. And I I mean, so fun. I'm liable to throw the club before the ball even leaves. Like I'm just it's bad. Well, my only tip is you just have to keep doing it. <laughs> you know, it, it, we everyone starts like that, I think, whether you start at three years old or at 35 or whatever, like I did, or probably 30 by then. But I was, I didn't start till I was older and it was because I was, the work I was doing, people around me did it. And so I started doing it too. And so uh, it, and I'm still not great at it. It's just fun. I'll go out and I, I, I like to say I, I go out and play golf and do just good enough to not give it up for the rest of my life, you know, <laughs> where I do just good enough that I think I can go back and do a little bit better next time. And so uh, it's actually, I don't know, that's probably not a good thing, but it is what it is. Uh, I've got my son into it and he plays like youth tournaments and stuff. He's 15. Well, he'll be 15 next week. 
he plays youth tournaments and stuff like that. And so I, I enjoy going out with him and playing. It's a cool thing for the two of us to do. It's not super often that your teenage son will go spend four or five hours with you. You could just talk about whatever you want and just hang out. And, you know, it's, that's a re- it's, it's best for that purpose right there. So, yeah, that's awesome. That's, uh, that's, if you can find something that like bonds uh, the two of you, then that's like, yeah. you know, that's, that's a great thing for sure. And D does it too for us, but. <laughs> oh, well, Hey, that's even, that's even better. Right. Yeah. Like that's really He's a cool. big fan of that. That's right. That's really cool. Uh, do you play like a separate, like little, like is, are, is he on your podcast or you do play like a little, like another game with him? Yeah. He's not on the podcast, but we do, I do play with him and his three siblings and their two cousins and their uncle <laughs> who live in New York city. We oh, all wow. play online and it is, it is the most fun chaos you'll ever <laughs> experience. So. It's like the, uh, honestly, the best D and D games are the ones that are just completely chaotic in my opinion. Yeah. It's. I love it's chaos. extremely chaotic. And you know, when you get a nine, eight, nine year old girl playing D and D with you, it, everything's just unicorns and pixies. That's all they want to see. So <laughs> you gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do. Uh, that's amazing. Well, okay. So then last, your last hobby I want to talk to you about, cause I'm, I'm a huge board game fanatic myself. Yeah. I love board games. My Great. wife and I collect them. Oh, I think we have like, I, and honestly, we, I say it like it's a lot, but honestly, it's probably not. But it's we have like 150 board games that we've amassed in our collection. Yeah. So out of that, right? Like, what is your favorite? What's your favorite board game? What's your go-to? Your favorite board game to sit down and play when you have time? They come and go for me, um, because just because of my lack of uh, consistency and attention <laughs> deficit, I guess. But uh, <laughs> pretty much any time my wife is like, "Hey, you want to play Splendor?" I'm like, "Yes, that's it. Let's play Splendor." And so. I love that one. And I really like, we've gotten into Wingspan lately uh, with the family. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've ever played Wingspan. Played it but once. It's a really, it's really fun. We enjoy that one too. So, and we have a board game cafe here locally. Okay. And uh, I built their website. And so we get like family pass every year because of keeping their website updated. So that keeps us from buying hundreds of games because we just go play theirs anytime we want. So that's <laughs> nice. That's good for the hey. budget. That's amazing. Man, I love, yeah. there needs to be more board game cafes. I love board game cafes. Oh yeah, they're a great idea. If I had, I would love to own one like someday, like if I ever had like the capital to to jump into an endeavor like that. It's either that or escape room. I can't decide yet, but you know, one day like I will, I would love to jump into that space, but board games are amazing. Yeah, Wingspan was a lot of fun. I remember playing it. It was, I think that game, I remember playing it. We were, it was like, there was trip. We were at a board game cafe. There was trivia going on at the same time that we weren't there to play. So it was a little distracting because uh, I'm a yeah. trivia nerd. So I was like trying to play trivia it, like mentally while trying to learn this game. Uh, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun when I actually knew what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard when you're like, I know that. I know that answer. Right. I know that stuff. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So then for the record, my favorite board game is Betrayal. Yeah. Uh, at House on the Hill. Have you played Betrayal? Okay. I haven't been able to. No. They have it at the cafe. I just can't, I got to get somebody that wants to play it with me. It's so good. Betrayal's such a fun game. Made by Avalon Hill with Wizards of the Coast. Yeah. So it's like right up that right up that alley. Awesome. The original the original so good. So check it out sometime. I have to do that. It's a good time. So, well, awesome. Thanks so much for indulging me and answering sure. these personal icebreaker questions, Mike. Really appreciate it. It was cool learning more about you and what makes you tick and some of your hobbies and favorite things to do outside of D&D and also D&D centric. But with that, let's go ahead and jump in to today's topic.
Uh, all right. So as I said at the beginning of the episode, today's episode is all about uh, tips and tricks for the everyday dungeon master, new and old. And so, but before we jump all into the all into those tips and tricks, and we squeeze Mike for all the knowledge he's worth. Let's uh, let's step back a little bit. I want to talk a little bit more about the actual play. Like I said, you know, I've been kind of teetering on the idea of doing one and kind of just scared to do it. So for any DMs out there that are kind of on that fence, they're like, hey, you know, maybe I want to get into actual play. Uh, DMing and creating a podcast. What are some of your like tips for that specifically? Well, I I think the especially for dungeon masters. Well, first of all, let me say just try it. Like, just if you've got people that are willing, just give it a try. And even if you don't publish it at first, you know, do it. Listen back, see how it feels, see what it sounds like. We what we did with our session zero, as I mentioned. We all listened to that and talked about how we kind of functioned you know first thing we were like okay we got to get rid of the gaming headsets and get real microphones like that was step one uh (laughs) yeah and so uh but uh yeah so just do that and just see how that feels and then i will say for the dungeon master the hardest thing that i have found that was surprising for me i didn't think about before is how important continuity will become right Mm. because Mm -hmm. when you're just playing with your friends at around a table you just make something up like you the improv is great and it's my favorite thing like i have a theater background you know way back and so i enjoy you know drama and and acting and improv and just being funny and comedy i love that stuff and so that was what i one of the things i loved so much about playing dungeons and dragons and then in in our game i have to be basically the lore keeper the timekeeper the the continuity master to make sure that if way back in season one, episode seven, I said this guy does this thing, then in he can't do something completely contrary to that in episode, you know, season two, episode 33 or whatever. So there's just that kind of stuff. I find myself going back and listening to old episodes when something that I feel like I'm like, okay, like I bring back an NPC that was from an old, from the previous season. I did that uh, within the last... Uh, 20 episodes or so of season two, I brought back an old NPC that they they had let go instead of killing him after he tried to attack them. And he comes back, he's got all this stuff going on, and I had to go back and listen to all those episodes with him previously so that I made sure he was who he was because it had been so long, literally like a year or longer since, he, since I had played him as an NPC. So that kind of stuff is where the where you feel the, the anxiety and the little bit of nervousness about it that's at least for me that and and feeling like you copy everything and it being more difficult because i can copy whatever i want at my home game even if the even if the players realize it i'm like yeah but it's super cool right who cares (laughs) but uh then you feel like when you play a game and like literally we've got this like encroaching darkness from the north going on and i'm playing gloomhaven right now on my on my computer my pc when i have some time and it's like you know the approaching gloom. I'm like, oh shoot. And everybody's gonna think I stole that from Gloomhaven, you know? <laughs> and so it's just everything you hear. Or my wife was watching Lost, you know, went through Lost again. I'm like, oh look, it's the dark mist, the dark fog. Shoot. That must be where that was in the back of my mind when I came up with that idea. <laughs> but relaxing and realizing not ev- nothing's original. Like nothing's new under the sun. Yeah. You know, you just gotta make it yours and make it your version of whatever that thing is. A MacGuffin's a MacGuffin, a dark you know, the, the save the cat is save the cat. I don't know if you're familiar with that, you know, process, but there's, there's, there's systems, there's those, those tropes exist for a reason. 
they work and it's fun. And so it's a, you have to embrace that sometimes and just roll with it and not yeah. be afraid to join a trope sometimes. I think that's a great tip. I think that's one of the things that, you know, worried me, you know, uh, in initial planning stages is like, well, how do you make it unique? How do you make it different? I don't want to just be, you know, another actual play out there that's just doing it. You know, I want to like, want to set us apart. But I think that puts a lot of like unnecessary pressure on the DM, just like it does in your, sure. in your real game, right? Like in your, not your real game, your, your home game. Like if you, you know, if you're like, oh, I got to make it so unique and things like that. Yeah, sure. There's moments for that. There's moments for you to bring in your unique style and, and thing into it. But like you said, like I, and I say that we've said this in plenty of episodes in the past, steal, 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 because it's out yeah. there and it works. Like right. you said. So I agree with that. I like that. Yeah. And it's fun. And you know, I, I started cutting my teeth as a dungeon master, learning what that's all about with, Matthew Colville's series on, you know, running the game, I think he calls it running the game. Mm-hmm. And his approach is for me was so useful because it was like, everybody can do this. You just have to find your way. And there's certain things that he brought into my mind about how to do things that made it so much more fun for me and kind of gave me freedom to say, hey, I can do this in the way that makes sense for me. And um, I'm, I'm really grateful for his videos and he's still making them. He makes them every now and then, probably probably every couple months now, but, uh, they were, they were, there were a bunch of them whenever I started and, uh, I, I binged them. I still go back to them sometimes for refresher. And I've heard that Matt, Matt Colville is like great, a great resource. And to be honest with you, um, so here's what I, here's what I'm bad at. Mike, I'm going to be honest with you. Here's what I'm bad at. I'm, I okay. haven't read any of the books. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm currently trying to work my way through the dungeon master's guide for the first time. And I've been DMing for two years. I'm the pen. I, I call myself like the penultimate a lazy DM. Uh, in the sense of like, I just cobble things together, right? Like when I, when I DM, if I need to know something, I just Google it real quick. And I'm like, all right, now I have that rule for this particular session and environment. But yeah, I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to make an effort to learn the game. So I don't feel, cause I, I have a lot of imposter syndrome, uh, with D and D because I'm like, Oh, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm, I'm not one of these lore nerds. Like people are like, Oh, is that from the gold coast? And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Sure. It's from the gold coast. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. And so that's a, it's a great reminder for me to be like, yeah, I should go check out Matt Colville's video. Cause he's been, he's been recommended to me several times on several different yeah. occasions to be like, Hey, just go listen while you're working. They're really good. And, and I haven't read any of those books cover to cover. Those books are reference books to me. It's like when I need it, I go find what I need, but it's not, it's not a, you know, and there are, I've read some of the Drizzt books or listened to some of the Drizzt books and some of that stuff, but just for fun. But uh, the, the Dungeons and Dragons books to me are for reference. It's like, I'll go to it when I need it. I'll look up the monster or or just I'll thumb through it and look at the pictures until I find a monster that looks cool. And then I'll see (laughs) if the challenge rating works for my, my characters or or yeah. if I'm going to have to throw 23 of them at them and go, no, nah, I'd better find something else. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, it's an army of, uh, it's an, it's yeah. an army of mimics, right? You know, just like, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're not going to do this. <laughs> no. Or do I have time this week to, to make a master version of this? That's just so much bigger. Sometimes I'll do that, but not usually. Usually with my monsters, if there's not a monster that serves my purposes, I usually just reskin something. But it takes, you know, it, that's something that it's under under like valued is DM time. Like I feel like it takes a lot of time to really do a lot of that stuff from scratch if you're if you're forced to do it. But it's a lot of fun still. It is fun, and if you and when I have the time, I love doing it. The issue is, you know, being a father of four and a, and a busy man and all the stuff. There's always something in the back of my mind that's like you should be doing this instead. 
And so yeah. it's easier to just find something in a book or find new resources uh, that you can pull from and, and use those. So, and every now and then Matthew yeah. Colville will throw a monster out there too with stats and everything. And th- those are always pretty good because he uses, he knows how that, how to use that action economy really well. That's the gold, the gold standard. The action economy is that's, that's, right. that's the gold standard of building encounters right there. Yep. If you, if you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's jump into some of the tips and, and tricks that you had. So I know we, when we were we were exchanging emails back and forth kind of at the beginning of this whole journey uh, when you had emailed me originally and been like, hey, I'd like to be on your show. And we were, we were kind of going back and forth with stuff. And I loved everything. So instead of me picking out things like, oh, let's talk, I'm just going to leave it open. So I know you had, you, you, you wrote in here some tips into our outline. So I'll let you take it away and I'll just respond to some of those tips and tricks that you have for, for DMs out there. Yeah. This first one, I, I it's just, there's just a trend that I've noticed with Dungeons and Dragons that I noticed from the very beginning, and it's it's caused me to unsubscribe from a lot of YouTube channels. It's caused me to turn off to to unfollow a bunch of podcasts. Uh, it's this trend that everything sucks and you have to fix everything all the time, right? Mm. And and you know I I understand to a point. I understand that not everything works for everybody's you know, purposes or everybody's plan, what they want to do for their game. But that's part of it to me, right? So uh, I just, I just kind of, I wrote in here on the notes, I said, there's a trend of popular DMs on podcasts and YouTube talking about why this sucks and that sucks. And as a fan of Dungeons and Dragons and 5e, I like to encourage people to enjoy your game instead of listening to all the negative Nancys out there, as my mom would call them. But, you know, (laughs) but enjoy your game. Maybe you like rules as written for some rules that somebody else is saying this is why you know how to make your combat not boring and i'm like mike i don't think my combat is boring like what do you mean but 5e combat why 5e combat sucks and i'm like it doesn't my guy my players love it and when i feel like it's getting a little long or something's not going right i adjust things i change it you know and yeah i think what it is a couple of things. I think first of all, there's it's just easier to get views with negativity than positivity. I think that's Absolutely. the first thing. Yep. And I'm and I'm just not that guy, right? So I, I've never have been that guy. I'm a positive kind of guy, and I try to see the the silver lining wherever I can. So it it's a turnoff for me. I I, I look at that title of that video and go. There's even some guys I still follow who I like 90% of that stuff, but their stuff, but every now and then they'll post that one thing that's like, here's how to fix this, or, oh goodness, whenever the announcement came out for one D&D, right? <laughs> and all everybody wants to talk about is how it's the stupidest, worst thing. I won't call it one D&D. I'm calling it sixth edition. I mean, that's fine. You know, you do you, really, but right. let's just not try to drag everybody else with you, you know? Some of yeah. us are just out here having fun playing D&D, and it's not about who's right, who's wrong, or what's what's stupid and what sucks. Or you know, it's it's just a different a different mindset for me. It's it's one of my escapism uh, activities, mm-hmm. and it doesn't need to have negativity thrown in my face all the time. Absolutely, so that, that's one thing. Everything doesn't suck. Enjoy your game. Love that first tip. Love it. Love it. Love it. Because uh, you know, I think that well, and I know there's other people out there like me. But here's my thing: I struggle sometimes with. When, when I listen to people who are authoritative figures, right? And these are people that yeah. are like, oh, they're revered as people who are amazing at the game or they know all their stuff, right? 
And I sometimes, if I allow myself, will listen to that and be like, oh yeah, it does suck. And I kind of join that army <laughs> when I'm like, then I think it's back to thinking about it. And I'm like, no, it doesn't suck. Like this is, it's totally fine the way it is. And sure, like you can have your opinion of like you were saying, like don't drag people down. You can have your opinion. You can say that, you know, I, if I want to do combat, if I, if I were, if I were in charge, I'd fix combat or I would fix this mechanic or this mechanics unbalanced. Great. Fix it for your home game. Go ahead. Make your tweaks. Right. Fix. It's a, it's a modular game for a reason, right? It's for you yeah. to fix however you want to fix, change the rules as you see fit. Don't, I love it. Don't yuck someone's yum. Like yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> like, there are plenty that's of people great. out there uh, who love playing it the way it's written in the book. And that's totally yeah. okay. A hundred percent. And then there are people who are there who like to create a thousand house rules on top of the actual rules. Uh, <laughs> and that's fine too. Like if they're having fun, like that's, that's all that matters. At the end of the day, the equalizer is if you're having fun playing the game, then it doesn't matter how you're playing it. Yeah, exactly. I love yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, I think that if more, I think more players would be, more people would be open to being a dungeon master if they didn't feel like they had to go in and fix all the nuts and bolts of everything, you know, mm -hmm. if the, you know, Oh, I don't, I don't even know how to come up with a better system for the combat, or I don't know how to use that system, or I just can do what the book says. No, my players aren't going to like it because this guy thinks it sucks and give it a try. You know, maybe they don't, maybe they do like it or maybe they don't care. Um, that's the other thing that I've realized is most of my players that I've had, they don't care. They're just, yeah. All they care about is when do they level up next? You know, <laughs> that's all they <laughs> right. ask me. Or, or how much gold does he have? You know, uh, how much gold does this guy killed have? Or does he have any magical weapons or whatever? So they're not asking me, you know, to to unpack the my the layer of special homebrew things I put on top of the combat. That that's not happening. Right. And I and I I you kind of touched on it there at the beginning of that was that. Like you, the amount of it, it, it comes across as gatekeeping uh, totally. in the community when you're when you're doing that when you're being like oh this sucks that sucks I'm not calling it one D and I'm not this mechanic sucks yeah. whatever because then people are who are you know either new to the game or new to like DMing are going to be like oh they're gonna have they're gonna have even more of an imposter syndrome even more of a of a feeling of like I can't do this um and I, that's just stupid tune it out you know <laughs> yeah. I mean, or yeah, I think it's you. For me, it's just the unsubscribe button and just, hey, you and your fans who like to just wallow in your negativity can just do that, but I don't need it in my life. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Everyone has an opinion, yeah. right? Like, right, right. Find that. Like and that's armpits. A, right, exactly. Like, <laughs> twist it that way, right? Find, and so, so another tip would be just find who you enjoy listening to, who gives you positivity and gives you great like feedback into the game that you resonate with and follow that person. And get your tips from that person. Totally. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And and there, there's plenty of people out there who are just trying to help you out and just just do their do their thing the way that they do best and explain the rules how they exist or or the way like somebody like the the author of the uh, the monsters know what they are doing. You know, he didn't spend mm -hmm. any time bashing on anything. He just tells you, hey, here's how a you know a displacer beast would would attack based on the stats that they have here's what they would do first here's what they would do second that kind of stuff's super helpful why this sucks is not helpful right right so exactly doesn't do anything doesn't do anything to further the game at all so uh, and that by the way great great resource that guy that wrote i don't remember his name yeah. but i've used it so many times uh to just 
bring torture upon my players. So, <laughs> yes, it's so much fun because I don't know, I don't know how a, a a displacer beast would would attack. I've never seen that happen in the wild on National Geographic or whatever. So I don't know how it would happen. <laughs> I haven't seen that documentary yet. They need to make it. Did you did you miss Displacer Beast Week on National Geographic? I must have. <laughs> I must have. I was. I was probably busy fielding calls for my for my job or something. <laughs> it was right after Shark Week. It was just it was the next week. Last oh, yeah, yeah, Shark yeah. Week and then Displacer Beast Week. Yeah, Gosh. exactly. Oh well. <laughs> next year. Uh, next year. There's always next year. Uh, that's awesome. So what's uh, what's tip number two then? Uh, tip number two. This this comes from a place of new DMs I see on whether it's Discords that I'm in where you know. We, People are jumping in there about to start a game and they or just Facebook groups or or when I was on Twitter, people on Twitter, but I'm not on there anymore. But all those the, that stuff where new DMs will come on there. And one of the most common things are, hey, give me good vibes and positive thoughts. I'm super nervous about starting my campaign this week. I'm really struggling. I don't know if I'm ready, you know, all this stuff. Or I've been working for three years on this campaign. I don't know if I'm ready to start it yet or not. And uh, and first of all, if that's your fun and how you would love that, and and like that's you, that's just the anxiousness and the the excitement and the adrenaline is part of it for you. That's awesome. That's not what I'm talking about. Um, and and a sense of nervousness is going to be there. And I I like to I like to say that that's that nervousness is important because if it's not there, then you're not, you don't really care about what you're doing no matter yeah. what it is. But, but you can just be you and your players don't need perfection. That's the tip. Long setup, short tip. The players don't need perfection. They, they're not, they're not going to play their characters perfectly. Like they're going to make mistakes. They're going to miss spells or misunderstand what something does. They're, they're going to do that. And yeah. they're going to, especially at the beginning, they're going to struggle to role play together. They're going to feel awkward or they're not going to role play at all. Or one of them is going to do silly voices and the other two are going to look at them like they're crazy because they, they didn't plan to do that or all that stuff's possibly going to happen, especially if you don't do a session zero, which I listened to that episode of your guys's today. But, you know, I'm just saying like things are going to happen on their end too. So you have permission to get in there with your nerves, with your anxiousness and just do your best work. And they don't, your players aren't looking for perfection. They're looking for fun. And yeah. fun is sometimes sloppy. And sometimes fun's not as prepared. The very, I'll never forget the very first sh- session I planned for my, my ever dungeon mastering. And I never played before I dungeon mastered. My first ever uh, evening of Dungeons and Dragons was my first time session one dungeon master for this group we were we did when I started. And I sat down with these guys and I had everything planned out step by step, what they were going to do. Yeah. And first time I asked them, what would you like to do next? All my plans went out the window, yeah. right? Which, yeah. how many times have you heard that story on this podcast or off, right? Right. And that's when it clicked for me. It's like, my job is not to prepare the story for my players. My job is to prepare a world that can react to whatever they do. Mm. So you get them started. I got them started. And then my next planning session is reacting to what they did in that first session. And then they do the next session. And then I plan for, uh, then I figure out what the, what the world around them is doing to react to what they did in that current session, what the people near them, you know, 
and beyond what's going on around the world. And so, so all that to say, you know, if, if that's what it's going to be anyway, then get that first. I just love how, whether it's Matt Mercer or Matt, Matthew Colville or uh, any of these guys, DMs Guild, any of these guys that say, are not Guild, the DMs layer on YouTube, they all say, you know, start with a town and let make your first adventure be in the town still. It's just don't yeah. even leave that town. And then build from there as you go. Let your players be a part of that with you too. Because then that takes away a lot of that anxiety because, mm. hey, it, whatever happens here, we're going to end up killing rats in the shopkeeper's basement or, you know, whatever it's going to be. And that's, that's, uh, that just gives you that freedom to just get started, see what it feels like and get those nerves to, in the proper place where their excitement and, and, and anxious anticipation instead of crippling anxiety, you know? That was one of the things. And that first off, I just want to say that that, that part of the tip was, was like, one of my favorite things that you said was like, essentially, you know, yeah, you're getting on here, you're nervous, you plan. I did that too. I planned everything. I was so meticulous about like laying out every step by step by step. And I feel like every DM, that's like the rite of passage. That's your initiation into DMing is that everyone's going to fall for it. Everyone's going to plan every single thing, every turn and be like, all right, if they go, if they go this way, I have a plan. If they go this way, I have a plan. They're not going to go either of the ways. They're going to go straight. Like that's just how it's going to be, right? Like they're, your players are never going to do what you uh, what you have planned or what you have an idea for. And it's your sure. job to facilitate that fun, your job to react to what they're doing. That's, I think that's a, a beautiful, like how you said it, it was a beautiful way to put it uh, in DMing. And I think that a lot of like younger and experienced DMs out there grasp that point that like, don't be like, you're going to be nervous. That's never going to go away. You cannot, you can't out prep nervousness. Right. Just jump into your first session and let it happen. And I, I guarantee you after that first session, well, you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. But if you love it, you're going to be so much more prepared for that, for that second session of knowing exactly what, how to handle situations when they come up. Yeah. And if you hate it, thank goodness you didn't spend three years prepping for something you hate to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. gosh, I would hate, I would hate to dig it except for maybe it just becomes your novel. And then there you go. Uh, yeah. Best selling novel, but, or video game you create or whatever. But I just think that if, if I, Number one, I like the world building. I really enjoy writing. I really enjoy coming up with these people in my mind and thinking about how they're living their lives around everything that these players are doing. So that's easy for me. Yeah. I like it. So I do that because I enjoy it. But I don't enjoy planning out, you know, step one, step two, step three, step four, only for that to be completely ignored. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I have, even for the podcast, I, I started out with, the whole premise is you, you, they were coming to the wilds to get jobs hunting monsters in, in the, in the forest and then coming back and get earning gold. That was the whole premise. And then all this stuff started to unravel around that system. But my whole thought, my whole thing, I had like seven or eight jobs that they could choose from. And each one was a separate adventure. I had, I had created all these adventures to, for them to choose as jobs. And you know what? They chose one. And then they came back and they chose another. And then they never chose another job. The rest was chasing down this mystery that's going on in the world. Yeah. But guess how many of those adventures they've still done just leveled up for them in the future? Every single one of them. (laughs) Because I prepped them. I just reskinned them or rebranded them for what was coming up later on in the story. 
and it just looked a little different or it they were leveled up creatures or it became a random encounter that they blew through easily but something happened that they got to use their dice you know so yeah. uh it, it's it doesn't have to be a waste you, you know it can it can all come back up so uh I, I just say prep as much as you want to prep because you enjoy it but but definitely get in there and get started even in the middle of all that because if you love it, you're gonna be you're gonna realize how much you love the whole thing, not just the prep work. Absolutely. And and you get to know your players, right? And every table's yeah. different. That's what I love about DDs. Every table's different. You're not gonna ever experience the same set twice uh when you have different players at your table because sure the mechanics are the are roughly the same, but like the personalities at the table are different. So the way people role play, the way the characters that are created are so unique and different. And so your adventure is gonna look completely different from the first time. So jump in there because that's going to, that's going to give you experience with your players to say, okay, these are how my players play the game. Now I know how to prep for my players. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There are players out there who love you to, they love railroading in a sense, right? They right. like, they are more comfortable with you tell, telling the story and they just go along with what you have planned. And then there are players out there like my campaign is just absolutely off the rails, crazy <laughs> chaotic where they, like they do maybe 10% of like some of the ideas that I have and that's okay because that's how they enjoy playing the game. And I just roll with the punches at that point. And that's, I've, I've learned how to prep for that group. Yeah. And some people just get crippled by too many options. So you, you have to hold their hand a little bit. And uh, mm -hmm. then some people are going to feel like they've been lorded over by their dungeon master just because, you know, you put the MacGuffin in a, in a place you wanted them to, to experience because you worked hard on it, you know? So yeah, that's absolutely. That's just the way it. That's just the way people are. But you're you're gonna learn and you're gonna figure it out. And you just gotta know your table before you could really dig into that prep work properly. Yeah, and I and I like to what you said kind of at the end there of, of when you when you're first given that tip is that pivoting is so essential as a DM, and that's what you showed right is that you had eight mm -hmm. adventures, they did two. You have six leftover adventures. You originally had them set so that they were gonna just pick another one and go until they got through all eight, you know, but instead. Now you're taking that prepped material and you're pivoting. And when yeah. your players go left, you're like, well, this was originally right, but I'm going to swing it around so that now they're going left and they're going to hit it anyway. And you're, yeah. and you're able to like move these pieces around and pivot on the spot as a DM. And now your prep work, you don't have to leave feeling frustrated that all your prep works out the window and your players did nothing. No, it's all right. Right. It's okay. They nothing's didn't go wasted. in that cave. Right. Nothing's wasted. So I, I think that's a, that's right. I think that's a great, um, a great tip. Yeah, that's it's cool. All right, so you got you got your third one written down here. So let's jump right into what's tip number three. All right, here this one is uh, it's kind of a this is kind of a broken record I think because it's kind of the same idea. Is be you, you will DM how you DM. Like you're gonna. This is something I had to figure out, especially doing a podcast. Is I, I'm not, you know, Brendan Lee Mulligan or or if, name one of these now celebrity dungeon masters because that's somehow that's a thing now. Right. And like, <laughs> right. I'm not one of those guys and they have what makes them awesome. And I have what makes my players love playing in the game that I've set up. At least that's what they tell me. And so <laughs> I, they haven't, they don't still want me to stop doing the games. So I guess they, they they're going to tell me what they have to say to keep it going. But, but I, I mean, I didn't know what kind of dungeon master I would be till I started. And so I think if if we if we want to label me, I'm kind of a like I create the I create the sandbox for them to play in. 
I'm the serious dungeon master. I don't bring a lot of the jokes. They're not in the campaign. The players do that. They create the comedy for me. And I'm I'm kind of the lore keeper and the the continuity keeper. And I, I've just kind of evolved into that. Like I didn't I didn't set out to be that, but I'm okay with being that being who I am as a dungeon master. And and when I listen to other dungeon masters and and I I enjoy their podcasts or they're watching their YouTube videos, I see those and or hear those and I'm like, that is so much fun to listen to. That is awesome. Where where I would listen and go, oh, I got to figure out how to be more like that, or I got to learn how to do it that way. I don't do that anymore because I'm realizing eighty something episodes into a podcast, there's something about the way I do what I do that the people who are involved enjoy, and yeah. so I wouldn't want to mess that up by trying to do it a different way. And you know, mm-hmm. they have that whole Mercer, what is it called? The Mercer syndrome or the Mercer effect Mercer or whatever. Effect. Yeah, yeah, Mercer effect. Yeah, where they say, you know, oh, now everybody wants to be the the voice actor, dungeon master, or whatever. Man, I can't do accents very well. I try. They're not great. I'm no voice actor, but my guys just have higher pitch or lower pitch, or they speak more clearly if they're more highfalutin, right? <laughs> they they don't <laughs> they don't slur their words and I, I just I have other ways of making differentiating characters because that's just how I can do it, and yeah. it's okay. So I think um, again, sounding like a broken record, man. It's your game. Just play it how you want to play it, and don't be afraid to be you. And and honestly, I've, it'll work out to where if they don't like it, then they they won't stick around, you know. But those right. who do will, and it right. and it's and it's and I think it's important to look at it like. And you can't always this way. I mean, if it's your girlfriend or something, that's like, I hate the way you dungeon master. I'm out of here. That's no bueno. But, <laughs> but like, but if you're talking about a friend who's like, you know what? I just, I just think I do better in a better game. No problem. That's great. And if you can have this parting of ways, that's, that's fine. Bring somebody else in who fits. Then that's great. Why is that a big deal? You didn't fail. They didn't fail. It just didn't work for that scenario. And I had a player that was kind of like that. Um, cause he was just, the all he wanted to play were characters that wanted to mess with everybody else. And I'm the guy that's like, man, we're all here to, to achieve the same thing. And if, if right. you're having fun and no one else is then I'm, I don't want to do that. And so, right. uh, he, he just didn't stick because yeah. it didn't, it just didn't work out for his player, for him to play the way he wanted to play. I didn't let it, I just didn't let it stay that way. Yeah, uh, and there were consequences for his actions as a player or as a character, and a couple times as a player, and he didn't like that. And so I've only had one actual fight at my table, not like fist fight, just argument ever. And it was this this guy who was literally just very upset about somebody taking all the gold or something, literally just crazy. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa! The gold's not real. You guys know that the gold is not real gold. Like you can't spend it at Walmart tomorrow or anything. So I don't understand why we're getting actually heated here. We're playing a game. And he's like, his character wouldn't take that. His character doesn't care about gold. And I'm like, you aren't playing his character. Calm down. And so that was kind of one of the last times he joined us. And he just kind of weeded himself out. I didn't have to kick him out. Um, But anyway, my point is that you can just be the kind of dungeon master you're going to be and and the everything else will just kind of work. And yeah. and honestly, honestly a good dungeon master is not a dime a dozen, you know. Yeah. Uh there there it's not 
easy to find somebody who can commit the time and effort and energy to plan and run a game for you, whether it's modules or homebrew, you know, it's it's not easy to find them. So do do it. And the people that will work for you, they're going to find you or it's going to stick because uh, they just are super glad they have somebody to run a game for them. Absolutely. I think that that's a great tip to kind of bring it to a close is that, right? Is that sure. be you, be you, be the DM that you're going to be. You might not, and that kind of ties back to your second tip, that might not be something you re- you find out right away. You need to start playing your yeah. game, start running your sessions before you realize who fully, who you are as a DM. It's okay, I would say, totally. Like if you want to look at a celebrity DM, Matt Mercer or Brendan Lee Mulligan, and get inspiration from them, great, do that. Get some inspiration from them. But don't feel the pressure. Don't put the pressure on yourself because your players do not care. Don't put the pressure on yourself to be that, to be Matt Mercer, to be Brennan Lee Mulligan, to be X, Y, Z. Don't put that pressure on yourself because they're go- they're there to have fun. They're there because you are willing to actually run a game for them. And you should be able to figure out like l- the DM you're going to be and just kind of settle into that, be comfortable in that. And your players are going to have a great time because because you you are who you are. You're going to have your strengths. You're going to have your weaknesses. Everybody does, you know? Exactly. Well said. Well said. Uh, well, I mean, Liz, I just, I kind of just riffed off you. You got, you're the one that came up with the tip. So, you know. Well, that's probably why I liked it then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Mike, it's been such a great time just getting to know you a little bit more, getting to hear you share your perspective on tips and tricks. Uh, and these were all amazing uh, tips and tricks to bring to the games. Uh, to, sorry, to bring into the, into the podcast. So I really appreciate you sharing those with us. Let's go ahead and move into Monster Spotlight. So we're back with another monster spotlight, and uh, I, I because I said last episode, I'm just gonna say this every single time I record. So I'm just gonna say it just for posterity, 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 posterity. I don't know the words. I don't speak English. We've established this already on this podcast. But <laughs> I, I love monsters, and I can't get enough of them. And every single time I record, I get to hear of either something new that I haven't heard of before, or something one of my favorites. So. Mike, what monster do you have spotlit for us? All right. Well, I just love, and this is gonna. This is such a simple answer. I feel like, but it's just, I just love a banshee, mm. and I just that scream that drops your players to zero hit points if they fail their save for for a mid level or like you know under ten level character that can be so just heart in the throat. Yeah. Right? Whenever that happens to them. And and my my philosophy is I I I have had a couple TPKs before, but they were unintentional. I did not realize what that was going to happen and they were dumb choices by players, both of them, first of all. But uh <laughs> but my I my philosophy there is all they sh- I want them to almost always feel like they can't get out, but then find a way to do so, right? Yeah. I feel like it's like when I watched cartoons as a kid and the G.I. Joe episode would end and there's no way this guy is going to make it out of this this hole he's falling into with lava beneath him. You know, Scorp- or not Scorpion, uh, Snake Eyes is done. He's done. He's fallen in the yeah, hole. It's yeah. over. And then you wait till next week 
and you watch the video, you watch the next episode, and the very opening scene is, you know, the the hands come down, somebody's hand comes down and grabs his and pulls him up and they keep fighting the battle. Like, problem solved. It was no big deal to begin with. It never was. I feel like that has happened so many times on our podcast mm. where we end an episode where they've literally, they literally spend, their, they have a whole private discord where they chat about what they're going to do yeah. because they're so scared of what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> and then when we come back to do the next episode, they just spring right out of it. No problem. 15 minutes into recording the episode, we're moving on from that battle. They've completely fixed the problem. Yeah. And uh, it's awesome. I love it because they're so panicked. They're so scared. And then the Banshee is one of the first times that happened in our podcast. And I'll just, it wasn't story driven. So it's kind of spoilery, but it, it's, 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 it was literally a random encounter in the woods. And there was a banshee. They, they, we rolled two banshees, uh, actually, that day or that night. And our monk was keeping watch. The first banshee screamed, and three of the three of the four players failed. It uh, just dropped to zero hit points. Uh, and all was left was Mister Monk. And he just had, and he went in. Thankfully, the monk is completely OP, so he jumped in and handled it but not without taking a lot of damage himself, you know? And yeah. I, I think, I can't remember if I never re-rolled the scream or if it's one that when you save, you don't ever have to try to save again for 24 hours. I can't remember which rule it was, yeah. but for some reason, I could never try the scream again on him. And, you know, I had a backup plan. They were going to drag him to their lair and these guys, the guys were going to wake up in their lair and have to find a way to kill the branches and get out killing things on the way out or something. They weren't going to stay dead. It wasn't that sort of situation. Yeah. Because it was, I mean, they they kind of have plot armor on the show. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be honest. Yeah. So yeah. There's a lot of investment, right? Right. Uh, but but it doesn't mean it can't be dangerous and fun. And so the Banshee for me was the one of the first times I really made my players poop their pants. And uh, <laughs> that was, that was a, I'll never forget it. And I'll always love the Banshee for that reason. Yeah. Banshee is such a classic monster. Uh, I love it. Totally. I love anything that's like, I love ghosty type monsters a lot. I've used a lot of like ghosty type monsters. Banshee, I haven't got to use yet, but mm. I got some plans because right now my players are, they're kind of facing this big like undead, uh, like undead apocalypse like type of scenario. And nice. I think the aftermath of that is a great time to bring out the Banshees. Um, so I'm excited to, excited to yeah. get to utilize them. But, awesome. I, but I, but I love, I love classic like ghosty type monsters like that. They're, they're so cool. Yeah. And, and I think up till that point, the players had only fought like animals and that kind of like beasts and stuff. Yeah. And so that was the first time something like supernatural kind of came out and they had to fight it. And so it was kind of like, Hey, the mood has shifted a little bit. It was fun. Yeah. It was pretty fun. Uh, awesome. Well, I will, I will, as I always try to do, I always do my best, try to find a link. Banshee's a pretty classic monster. Shouldn't have a hard time. I'll, I'll find a link and post it in yeah. the show notes. And if you're a new DM or a DM that's never really took and taken a look at the Banshee, go take a look at it. See if you can fit it into your campaign. Cause it's an awesome monster and everyone should utilize it. Everyone should utilize every single monster. And, and, and you know, I, listen, <laughs> let's just have a battle where we just bring every single monster from the monster manual into the same battle. And we just fight them all, you know, listen, I love that idea. <laughs> Talk about a TPK. Right. Right. Exactly. Just see how long they can last. Right. It's just a bloodbath. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's awesome. Well, thanks so much for, for bringing that monster to us today. Loved, loved getting your perspective on it. Let's jump into our DM, our DM tip. Even though you've given us so many DM tips already, <laughs> let's go ahead and get get one more out of you as we jump into our DM tip. 
So every episode, as you know, Mike, I ask my guest Dungeon Masters to end the show with one final tip for everyone listening out there. Um, and so what do you got for us today? All right. Well, I like little taglines. So this is my little tagline. It's prepare for if and be ready when, mm, right? Yeah. So prepare for if your players do this thing. And what I mean by that is uh, if they decide to do the thing that you've got planned or if they decide that they're going to you know, go the other direction or go that direction, have something there or have whatever you've prepared able to be wherever you want, wherever they go. Right. It doesn't matter. And then be ready when they do something different. And here's the, the key about this is, and, and I kind of mentioned that earlier with the prep, but ready doesn't always mean I know what I knew what you were going to do, and so I made this monster. Mm. Sometimes ready means I have search ready <laughs> on my on my browser, so I can look up. You know, I have I've Cobalt Fight Club ready on my browser, so I can look up what monsters would be in a cave in the Underdark because they went down that tunnel, and I didn't think they would. Yeah. Uh, although, if there's a tunnel, come on, they're gonna go down the tunnel. <laughs> Players love tunnels. So, you know, it's, it's kind of, for me, it's, it's about being adaptable, being ready to shift. And like you said, pivot. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I think my, the best advice I ever got was somebody, I don't even remember where I heard it. It was probably one of the YouTube guys I've talked about already, but, and, and I've said it already in this episode, but it was what the players do this session dictates what you prepare the next session. Yeah. And, 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 and I have had sessions I have had, I have ended recording nights because I've said, I did not expect this. I wasn't ready. We're only getting one episode in tonight, guys. We'll, we'll meet up again next week because I got to prep for what you guys just did, yeah. what you guys are about to go do. And, I, and it's fine. They were fine. They were like, oh, actually, they liked it. They're like, oh, we got him. We stumped him, you know? <laughs> and so it, it's great. Yeah. And, uh, and, then, and then we, I think we turned it off and played some Jackbox games or something. Like, yeah. there's, there's stuff to do. Right. You know, so just say, hey, guys, I didn't, I wasn't ready for what you were about to do. And so I'm going to, uh, I'm going to say, let's stop here and uh, I'll prep for our next session and I'll be ready for this. In the meantime, do you want to, you know, do you want to play uh, a board game or something or, or you can play some Xbox or whatever, you know, yeah. but you know, you can still have fun, still hang out, but be, be, be prepared for if they do the thing you're wanting to do, but then be ready when they don't. Yeah. And sometimes, like I said, ready just means that random forest map in roll 20 or, or ready for you to draw out or whatever. Yeah. So, and, and I think, you know, having coming up with, and there's tons of resources online. So if you don't want to create these yourself, you don't have to a couple awesome, a couple yeah. sessions ago, a DM or a couple sessions, a couple episodes ago, a DM threw out that the, like the table fable books, I just went out and bought myself a mm -hmm. table fable book. So good. Um, but also online too, there's a lot of free resources. I always say like, it's good to have just a couple random tables, uh, ready to go. So that way, if, like you're saying, you're ready for if, but when, when they do this, because at least for my players, and you won't know this until you know your players, but my players, 90% of the time, they don't do the uh, yeah. they do not do the if, right? So uh, they do the win a lot. And so having those tables ready to be like, all right, let me roll on this table. Great. Okay, this is the monster you're going to face and just have it ready to go. Those are just all, all good to have like some additional prep uh, that's just kind of off to the side, you know, type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Just something in your back pocket. For sure. Listen. The more you can stuff into your back pocket, the better, the better prepared you're going to be. Right. So that's, that's it. That's, that's, you know, that's, that's the golden, that's the golden standard, golden rule. I don't know. Yeah. That's something. It's, it's both of those things. The golden standard, the golden rule, 
and it's all of it. Stuff your back pockets. Yes, get your <laughs> bag of holding full of ready for win. Could you imagine though <laughs> if they had made like if they like made a pair of like pants or shorts that had like a bag of holding just like in the pocket? Yes. You know how cool that'd be? That's a good idea. Um, hang on, let me take a note of that. <laughs> I would lose I would lose my car keys uh, more often than I lose them now, <laughs> but you know, hey, it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, it would be. Where's my phone? Somebody play. Can you hear the Apple's "Find My Phone" sound if it's in a if it's in a pocket dimension or <laughs> literal pocket dimension? Sorry, I think we need to test it. Joke. <laughs> no, I think we need to test it. Pot, the pocket. <laughs> Try it out, Mike. It's been such a it's been such a pleasure. I mean, this was a really fun conversation. So thank you so much for being here and like just giving us your wisdom. You know, I'm just a better DM now that ah. I've now that I've had to uh, had this conversation with you. So. Well, I don't know about that, but I had fun. <laughs> I love talking about Dungeons and Dragons and uh, anytime that there's an opportunity to do so, I will do it. Even if the other person doesn't really want to listen to it. So <laughs> you know how it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just ask my wife. <laughs> ask my wife. I literally like, I, I, that's all I talk to her about. And she's like, can let's, let's move on. Let's talk about something different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yep. Well, it's been, it's been, a, it's been a lot of fun. So thank you so much for being here. Um, and uh, thank you. Have a have a great rest of your week. Thanks. You too. Thank you so much to Mugshot Pro and Eric Von Mays for your five star Apple reviews on Apple Podcast. It goes a long way, like I say. So thank you so much for reviewing things. Thank you. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we would love it if you would give us a follow on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. And if you're feeling extra nice, drop us a rating and a review as that helps the show grow. And if you decide to leave us a five-star review, we will give you a shout out on a future episode. As a reminder, we have our holiday donation challenge going on right now. We are asking our listeners to go pick up a copy or two of the D&D Starter Kit and donate it to the holiday toy drive of your choice so that kids who are less fortunate have the opportunity to discover D&D and the joy it brings to all of us who play the game. As a bonus, if you donate and send us an email at everydaydungeonmaster@outlook.com, letting us know, we will give you a shout out on a future episode. If you're a DM or a player and you want to drop a future topic suggestion on the show, you can definitely reach out to me. I'd love to hear from all of you at everydaydmpod on Facebook and at everydaydungeonmaster@outlook.com by email. With that said, I wish you all the natural 20s in the world. Have a great week, and I look forward to sharing another amazing episode of Everyday Dungeon Master with you all next week. Happy gaming, nerdy adventures.